electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Looking for more of that post-Fed bounce, S&P needs... 34 points for a fresh all-time high, and futures suggest we'll get awfully close at the open, watching data, Omicron restrictions, and the Bank of England, first major economy to hike rates. Our roadmap begins with a Fed-fueled rally, stocks set to jump at the open after the central bank's decision here to aggressively wind down asset purchases. Plus, canceled performances, closed stores, delayed return to office, renewed COVID risks for stocks and the economy, and McDonald's settling its lawsuit with its former CEO, one of the biggest clawbacks in corporate history. We'll start with the Fed, though. Here's what the Fed chair said yesterday about Taper. If you look at the state of the economy and and the amount, the strength of demand, the strength of just overall demand, the strength of demand for labor, um, look at inflation, look at look at wages. I, I think moving, you know, moving forward the end of our Taper by uh, a few months is is really is really an appropriate thing to do, and I think really Omicron doesn't doesn't really uh, have much to do with that. Uh, he did say uh, that the uh, taper really the completion's only a couple meetings away, and that there really might not be that long a lag between the end of it and the start of a hiking process. Right, well, I think that he doesn't want to get trapped in the idea that the uh, the kind of supply chain problems are solved and he's still tightening. You don't want to do that. We saw major commodity collapses in the last, two, last couple of weeks. Uh, so I think what, he, what he's saying is, listen, I want to hedge my bets. I want to go full on like a other Fed chief because it's entirely possible that you get the port solved, you get the rail solved, uh, you get the plastic solved, you get the paper solved, you get the shortage solved, and then suddenly you get the chips solved. Uh, and then you get the housing numbers that we just saw, which is probably peak given the, per- the mortgage purchase. And he might even be fighting last war. So he's got to be careful. Uh, I know the market said, look, we're in a seasonally strong period. We give Santa Claus rally almost every time in the last 20 years. But I wouldn't go crazy here because once, you, once the Fed starts tightening, a vast majority of stocks that you liked before, you can't like anymore. All right. Why does the bond market not believe the dots? Uh, you got the two-year yield uh, dipping a bit. You got five, ten-year inflation expectations falling a bit. I mean, uh, they don't think the Fed's going to have to hike as much as the committee believes. Well, because I think that the bond market recognizes in a lot of ways that we may be a, a peaking right now. I mean, look, there, anybody who – it's entirely possible, uh, as I get now tested every day, it's entirely possible, you know, he dismissed Omicron that Omicron really takes the economy down for a couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. I say a couple of weeks because the spread is insane. It's very similar to at the end of the Spanish flu. So if you, if you uh, went to this, if you looked at the way Spanish flu ended in uh, 1918, 1919, it may be like Omicron, but there could be a, a stunning end 
to this thing. And then you would have you'd have people go back to work and then there wouldn't be as many shortages. I mean, look, you know, the semiconductor guys should go and fill full tilt, but people get sick. If people stop going, getting sick, then Ford Motors can have all the semis at once. Uh, Andy Slavitt, former COVID advisor to yes. the White House, uh, tweeted this morning about a consensus of uh, various researchers. Omicron's doubling every two to four days. Yeah. Um, but they see it perhaps peaking in January, kind of like Delta right. took two months. Yes. So it's does, a, does, does the market right. just look through the next two months? Well, I just think that if you had an end to this darn thing, then you, you would be able to say, you know what? The shortages are kind of in here. The one thing, I mean, Powell is very good. He knows that this thing could end as fast as it started. He was very good, by the way, when he called the bottom even with Omicron. Now, I know he's very smart. He's not going to claim he's a doctor, which is really good. But I think that we're all getting used to the idea that everybody we know has someone in their family that got this thing in the last 48 hours. This thing is frightening. I mean, when you go down the block here to the, to the testing, I mean, lines, the line goes all lines. the way up to the top. I mean, there, everyone is testing. Everyone, there's so many people who feel badly. And there's not enough. To, we don't, we're not like Britain where you get a free test every day. But I think that it, we're going to have a lot of people absent. And, uh, and then we're going to have this last-minute gasp in the bad supply chain. And then we may come back. And I don't think Powell wants to be lockstep. He knows that when he did lockstep in 2018, he killed the market. He's not about the stock market, okay? And there, was, there were people on this morning just saying, listen, he basically has to destroy the village to save it, which nobody really said in Vietnam, but it's been the consensus. And I just think, why can't we just say you know, he's doing a good job? Like, has he not done a good job? Why can't we say that? Has he, have we created Weimar-like inflation? I don't think so. I think that this is so much of the inflation is directly related to supply chain that if we solve the pandemic, and this pan, this thing is the Grim Reaper uh, when it comes to getting it, but not when it comes to killing it, except for if you're not vaccinated. Right. So, I mean, in many ways, this is the answer to our country's inability to get everybody vaccinated, which is you're going to get this thing. I mean, I don't think anyone who is in the medical community is following this thing is saying that if you're unvaccinated, you're safe. I think almost everybody has said this one, this Omicron, it gets everybody. Right. Uh, so you're saying, as, as we said yesterday with David, people have had a year to get this. Yeah. It's not about availability anymore, no. the vaccine. No, it's just... Oh, this, this will be sort of yeah. the consequence of your inaction. Right. I mean, this is not a Republican, uh, it's not a Republican virus or a Democratic virus, okay? And you got to go back and read the statement that Eisenhower said when he said it's all time because it's a national mission that we get everybody safe against polio. This is a national mission to get everybody safe against COVID. All right. It is not it is not political. Uh, and just like I said, we don't want anyone didn't want anyone to get polio. We don't want people to get this. Now, by the way, this is the most tested vaccine in history. There are a lot of people come on. Senator Cruz came on and said, how do we know? Well, this is the most tested vaccine. I mean, the vast majority of vaccines you ever had, like I had like the measles vaccine. It's nowhere near tested. The mumps vaccine, the rickets vaccine. You really want to go back there. Uh, and this is I mean, there's tens of millions of people have taken this thing. So if we ought to get away from Republican vaccine. In fact, we got to get away from Republican vaccine, Democrat vaccine, Republican illness, Democratic illness. This is about the nation. And you don't want the nation to be out of work. But it's like the NFL. Someone's saying to me, well, why don't we let everybody play? So I went to a virologist and they said, well, you know, we don't want to do that because they're sick. Now, I said, came back and said, Walter Payton got 200 yards with 104 flu. And they said, well, like, Walter Payton was Superman, okay? We don't have, this is not Walter Payton. We have more Payton awards, but we do not have a situation where these people are not sick. Right. 
Uh, to your point, Dan, about policy uh, consequences, by the way, the CDC does warn it sees cases jumping 55% uh, to 1.3 million by Christmas Day. Sheesh. Deaths surging 73% to 15,600 a week. Apple delaying employees return to the right. office to a date yet to be determined. Temporarily closing three stores due to the rise in cases. Broadway, bunch of shutdowns, a uh, bunch of high-profile positive cases. Hans Vesperg at Verizon Gym. So do, do we, we don't shut down like we did in 2020. No, um, but we're going to play through it uh, until we can't. Uh, colleges not playing through it. Uh, those people go home. NYU's sending a yes, lot of students. Uh, Cornell. I mean, these are just everything's a super spread. When they when J.P. Morgan decided to cancel the healthcare conference, they didn't want it to be a super spread event. Uh, but I think that again, I'm going to reiterate: not Democrat, not Republican. But if you're not vaccinated, you will get it uh, because that's what it does. I mean, it, it is a living, breathing organism, and it infects people. And people think that it's not, or some people feel it's made up, even. But it's what's going to happen. I don't want to get it. Okay. Uh, I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. I don't want to get it. And I think that that's the national measure. We did not want to get polio. We should not want to get this. Okay? So does that mean that you you start shopping for the Deltas and the bookings and the Airbnbs, all of them, uh, with various either capital markets days or analyst calls today? Well, I, I think that we have a, we're going to have a pause. I saw Phil LeBeau earlier, and always might, Phil does such great work. I think there's still plenty of people who feel... I'm vaccinated and I get a cold. But I, I, what I'm concerned about is if you're vaccinated and they make you and you get a test and it turns out the cold is this, you're going home or you're going to be quarantined. I mean, look, I'm still playing with the with the incredibly scary Gottlieb of a couple days ago, which just as you go overseas, you could get hit by quarantine. Uh, you could get the illness. And I just think it's much more pervasive than people think. I mean, I, I have people in my family who are quarantined and people in my family who have it. Uh, I got people all over in different places, uh, try to have food where they are. Uh, big party on Saturday night among some very, among people who are all triple vaccinated. Almost everybody got it. Mm. Big uh, big party Sunday among a lot of people who are triple vaccinated. Yep. vaccinated. Almost everybody got it. I mean, this thing is just too pervasive. So uh, I, I feel like that, uh, I thought that Powell played it down too much. If he did one mistake, I think he played it down really? too much. But I think he was trying not to be political because as soon as you, I mean, he's like the least political guy, which is a pleasure. Yep. Right now, the country's still regarding as political. Five days from now, it will not be political. Yeah. Uh, Reese on here at the bottom of this list. Uh, Lynch Life are on this morning. Uh, the antibody cocktail does lose potency with Omicron. We talked about a next generation of product that would perform better. But he said, Jim, this is a pretty scary mutation. Normally, these things are incremental. This was leap by leap. <laughs> Lynn's smart. I mean, I've followed Lynn, no, Lynn since the stock was five. He was my first guest on Mad Money. It was chilling. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get, I was, my, my third shot was a Moderna, full Moderna, because was, I went the day that, that Biden said you should go before the whatever organization said don't, which was wrong. And I know it's four and a half months. So that's how long it lasts. They won't say that because... Our, our leaders are completely ill-equipped to handle this the same way that they were building the CDC. CDC was building these tests. Didn't know what they're doing. So September, October, November, December. So in January, I got to go get another test. Now, in another six months, everyone's going to know that they only last four and a half months. But right now, we're in we're in a period where our leaders are so letting us down versus the real doctors in the doctor community that he tells you you got four and a half months. And why they're letting us down, I do not know. You're saying they should be more explicit about why don't the just tell us the truth of the efficiency. Look, someone at Pfizer told me, uh, and I'm not going to mention who it was, uh, 
right when, uh, after I had, I, before I'd taken the third. I said, listen, it's a three-shot combo. I said, no, it's a two-shot. She says, oh, well, you work at Pfizer. <laughs> uh, you know, I just have to tell people that the companies, I talk to the companies. Okay, I talk to the companies. The companies are very different from the government. Because the companies tell you the truth, just like everything else in business. During this period, the business people tell you the truth. Government lies. Yeah. Or is government stupid? Uh, business people, here you go. I got four and a half months, and then I got to get a shot. Now, they don't want me to get a shot before four, but after four, you're nuts if you don't get a shot. Yeah. Now, everyone's it's, going to say, oh, my God, yeah, pain. I'm telling you, this is what the doctors are telling me and, and the companies. Because it's been a challenge to get a lot of people to get, take one. Well, you're going to get... It's not a Grim Reaper, okay? It's a real bad cold. Right. Some people, if you, you know, you're going to get really, really sick. Some people will die. But let's just tell the truth. I just don't feel like BSing like everybody else. I hear it's politicians. It's bad. We're going to go to break. Got industrial production on the other side. We'll mention uh, McDonald's and this clawback for Steve Easterbrook. Futures do look good, though, and we're going to get close to all-time highs of the open. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here live on the floor. Well, we're not on the floor anymore. CME HQ with breaking news. Our November read on industrial production out at up half of 1%, up five-tenths of 1%, very close to expectations. And how does that stack up? Well, in the rearview mirror, we still have up one6 The revision may be on its way. The high watermark was March at 2.87. So it's not a bad number, but indeed, we could expect more horsepower. We know that manufacturing, to some extent, is impaired. If we look at utilization rates, 76.8, exactly as expected. That follows 76.4. Okay, revision's coming in. What's interesting about 76.8, it's a post-COVID high watermark for utilization rates. Matter of fact, to find a higher rate of utilization, you have to go all the way back into 2019, actually. You have to go back to November of 2019. So it's a good number. Revisions, 1.6 on 
production now stands at 1.7 and improved by one-tenth. And 76.4, our last read on October on utilization, moves to 76.5. So, as expected on production, better on utilization rates and interest rates. Ten-year note yields have dipped into negative territory, meaning a little less yield than they closed yesterday. The only two maturities that have higher yields than yesterday's close, 20-year and 30-year bonds. Squawk on the Street will return after these messages. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. McDonald's has reached a settlement with former CEO Steve Easterbrook. He has returned equity awards in cash, currently valued at more than $105 million, which the company says he would have forfeited had he been truthful at the time he was fired in November of 19. Easterbrook was accused of having consensual affairs with four subordinates and for deleting evidence of the affairs from his company phone. In a statement, Easterbrook said, During my tenure as CEO, I failed at times to uphold McDonald's values and fulfill certain of my responsibilities as a leader of the company. I apologize to my former co-workers, the board, and the company's franchisees and suppliers for doing so. Times uh, this morning, Jim says this is one of the bigger clawbacks we've ever seen. Yeah, this is huge. And maybe it's the, would it be something if it was the new way? I mean, this is just, uh, I don't know how much money this man has, but this was a real hammering. But he also, he lied. He broke every single rule. Um, worse than Mitch Kessler, if we want to use the, the morning show. I don't mean to say fiction. I'm saying that the character was like like that. I mean, this guy, this is a total, okay, I was really bad, and I got to give the money back. It's the lying. I mean, had he just said, listen, I've been really bad about this, then the callback might have been less. But the the lying was horrendous. I mean, I knew Steve, but obviously, as I'd like to say about some others that have gotten in trouble, I obviously didn't. Yeah, I think that we could both say that. Uh, not, not quite the person we, we thought we no. knew. Um, as for the business itself, I mean, chart sort of speaks for itself, Jim. In, in, a, in a post-COVID world, QSR is kind of where it's at. I noticed this morning Chipotle is unrolling a new concept in Ohio. No dining room at all. I you know. walk up to the window. This is the ghost. Uh, and then when we get to what Jensen Wong does, if any one of these fast food companies would just call him, he can create, this is the CEO of NVIDIA, he's got the avatar that's ready in 28 languages that can sit there and take order after order after order, and all you do is pick it up. And why these companies don't call him, maybe he's intimidating to them. Uh, he's ready to speak to you. Uh, I'm not trying to create a deal here, but 
Jensen Wong has got your answer. It's, a, it's an avatar that doesn't get sick. It's going to go to work every day. And these other people don't even have to be facing. They can just take their Binax and test every morning. It's going to try to get your order right and maybe suggest things to you that it thinks you will like. Well, it wants to know what's your, what's your most in your native language so you're not intimidated. It also makes no, as Jensen, I said, I guess it makes far fewer mistakes. Jensen's very, uh, matter of fact, he goes, Jim, it makes no mistakes. <laughs> no mistakes. Um, and as for the labor quotient, um, do, you, do you foresee the Starbucks uh, uh, vote, at least at one location, spreading to other? Yeah, that, that is such a great question, because when I had uh, one of the baristas on who won, uh, she was so pro-Starbucks in terms of the institution and just felt like that she had been mistreated hers that I got the impression that had Starbucks, one, hired better, and two, been run better in Buffalo, it would not have happened. And I think it should be a soul-searching experience for, for Starbucks to have put, to have a, an area that, that was not good enough that these people felt they had to do it. Right. I mean, you know, it's entirely possible. Starbucks is a big company. Like, if you remember when uh, Greg Hayes took over United Technologies, there was a plan he wanted to move. And the plan had very poor, it was absentee. There were big issues in how it was run. And I remember him saying to me, listen, the plant was poorly run, okay? We should have been able to deal better with the unions. We should have been able to do it. I mean, I now genuinely believe that the Starbucks that this kind and good woman was at from the description was not as good at working as working at another place. I and I always thought that Starbucks, I know they get better benefits. There's nobody denying that. They don't necessarily pay the most, but they do have t- tough work rules. And I think that this, they bought, Starbucks has to rethink how they run. They shouldn't have any place that is that is uh, as poorly run as the Buffalo store. And I believe, after listening to her, that it was not a well-run right. store. Now, they can say she's a liar, but she did not impress me as someone who's lying. Interesting. I know uh, Barclays did name it a top pick for next I year. I think that makes sense because I think they, they adjust, they pivot, they do it right. I'm not saying Kevin Johnson has to come and do me a culpa because I'm sure he has some statistics to show that she may be wrong. I am saying that Starbucks, that she loved Starbucks. She came and said, I love Starbucks. She doesn't say, listen, we're organizing Starbucks to destroy Starbucks. She wanted Starbucks to be better. Now, she may be uh, ill-advised, but I think Starbucks is a great buy here. It is a great buy. We're going to talk a lot more about uh, picks for next year. A ton of analyst calls this morning. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and, of course, the opening bell in about six minutes. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. One of my absolute favorite companies and stocks is Adobe. And we've got uh, Shantanu Narayan on tonight. I'm going to tell you that right now people are looking at what he's saying at this analyst meeting. And all they're focused on is he missed on certain projections. uh, Fiscal year, uh, the next fiscal year, the next quarter, uh, revenues below. Uh, a lot of people, I'll, I'll give you the best ones. Like people thought revenues would be 1820, they're coming in 1790. Now, that's not all, a huge miss. Now, by all the way. that said, let me give you the other side of what everyone's selling. All right. Digital media segment revenue uh, 83, is 3 billion. That's 21% year over year growth. I was looking for 20. Okay. Digital experience, uh, 1 billion representing 23. I was looking for a little lower than 23. Digital media, up 23. I mean, I, people who are selling, those are the big ones. People who are selling this are looking at some sort of Wall Street estimate that were very, very rosy. Uh, and I think that the stock can go down more, obviously. 
But this is a great company. And every time that Chauncey was giving you the conservative estimates at his analyst meetings, it was a buy after it settled down. So I urge people to not panic. They obviously are. And I was telling Andrew Ross Sorkin that be careful that the market, if, if Adobe is override, say, the positive semiconductor stories today, you're going to have a lot of the cloud stocks down. So let's be careful. Adobe is a very powerful pull because it is such a great Company. Right. Great company. Uh, the other disappointing print this morning was Lennar. A miss, revenue shy, higher lumber costs, higher labor costs, new orders, uh, down 4% pre market. Uh, I uh, was thinking about uh, Ivy Zellman came on Mad Money. She's a great um, house analyst, home analyst, and she said this could happen. Now, Lennar is a truly fabulous company. And when I went through their, comp- their, uh, their statement, I did not feel it was as bad. But boy, the language was certainly not rosy versus, say, what Doug Yearly, the Toll Brothers, said. So it, just be aware that this is, you have in your calls this morning, you have the housing call that, of the largest guy, he's a very smart guy, that's not that good. And you have Adobe, which is the best da- data point, it's not that good. Uh, so um, a little more circumspect than the averages, although I still expect a Santa Claus rally. I went over and over and over that uh, with Larry Williams, who's the best historian technician. It can start today, but I do want to point out where was my at the top? There's a fellow by the name of Tomas Puyo, uh, my friend John Ellis, who has a great newsletter, uh, news items each morning. This is the Omicron question, and you were quoting what the, if you haven't gotten Omicron, you will get it if you're not vaccinated. A lot of people are saying, Jim, you're being very political. I am so tired of that. I mean, if you knew who I voted for, you would. The, the idea that you think I'm political is insane. <laughs> Let's get the opening bell here on this Thursday. CNBC Real Time Exchange at the big board. It's Bolero, owner and operator of bowling centers, celebrating a listing yeah. the back at the NASDAQ. It's the Forbes 50 over 50 and the 30 under 30 honorees. MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski there uh, oh, ringing nice. the opening bell. Yes, very nice. I like, uh, I like just, you know, I like Bolero over Bolero. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of which, WTI back above 71. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's, they're having a hard time uh, keeping that boy down. I had, uh, I had uh, Al Monaco on last night. Now, he's the CEO of the largest pipe company in the world, which is, which is Enbridge. And I asked him about building pipe, say, in the Northeast to keep prices down. By the way, Con Ed said they're not going to use, uh, the city's not going to use that gas. And he said, forget about it. You can't. So, I mean, you've got all this net gas. Now, he is the best. He has the best outlet for natural gas. We're going to be shipping a lot of natural gas. It's going to be big geopolitical. But uh, they have a lot of dirty crude up in Canada. That's not, it's not palatable to people. Uh, we have uh, not, as drill, not nearly drilling as much away from Permian. Away from Permian, people really have just said, you know what, it's not worth it. So be aware, it's still going to be imbalanced uh, in favor of the bulls for oil. Right. Uh, as you look here, 70, 47.25 or so, um, that's above some levels that some technicians had said, don't sell until we get above, say, 47.05. Yeah, I, I, I'm but you're still that. you're still not using this to to buy more? To well, I mean, we bought some stuff earlier in the week. We bought, uh, for this, my challenge I was talking about from the investment club, we bought some Chevron because the yield got to where we wanted it to be. 
we are adamant that you should buy that you should buy Nucor, the largest steel company. That the release that they put out was not negative; it was interpreted as negative, uh, and that was a great opportunity. It was down 13, but we have a Santa Claus rally, and that's terrific. But I would lighten up on any. By the way, the research indicates the same. If you get my bulletin in the morning, which I hope you do, if you remember the club, over and over again, anything that has got no earnings. The analysts are downgraded. And so that's in sync. You're fighting the analysts. And I find that after a while, it's exhausting to fight the analysts. Uh, now, some of the, the calls are a little late. Uh, you know, you've got some people who are uh, DocuSign? Da- downgrading DocuSign. Uh, MS a, goes to equal yeah, weight. Numbers said, yep. Yeah, that was not. Last guy in uh, the downgrade pool often is wrong. Uh, we got Hood, B of A initiates underperform. Hood there. Walgreens hold the sub, but they have earnings. But Hood is very interesting here because I was going over with uh, Ben Stoto, who runs research for Mad Money, and and Jeff Marks, who's the chief portfolio manager for for my trust. And we were saying that it's late to downgrade Hood. We can't find a reason necessarily to buy it, but that is often when everyone has to sell on something. They do have one-third of the cohort of millennials. I mean... If the millennials just would stop trading options in Dogecoin and instead would own high-quality companies, they'd do better. But look at that chart. I mean, now, obviously, Robinhood is... I, we are doing some... We have a SPAC piece tonight. There's been so much uh, awful merchandise that's been offered, offered, offered that people are losing a huge amount of money. Let's not forget that either. Uh, in the confines of so many stocks being good, there's a lot of people who own Robinhood stock. Yep. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm a, hey, look, Flaro's moving America. I was just, that was a joke. Flaro more than Bolero. <laughs> Flaro's up a dollar from where it was. Uh, but I just think that we have to be very careful. If you lose the cloud stocks, if you lose all the companies that are losing money but have great uh, 40% revenue growth, which is consistent, that's not enough anymore. And I'm worried about retail. I'm worried about retail because of Omicron. Because I think that Omicron is sweeping the nation. Now, from, people from say, a, oh, Jim, it's only New York. From a foot traffic point of view? Or? I just think that you want to, maybe you want to take a little break. Now, Mark, but then Mark Mahaney, whose work I love so much, yes. he, his proprietary survey says that Amazon's more negative. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if Amazon's not that good and the mall's not that good, I mean, we've got to pull back a little. I don't know. I mean, uh, Evercore does take Shopify to outperform uh, this morning. Well, it's down 20%. A lot of times people say when a, a great stock is down 20%, you should buy it. And Shopify is great. I think I think Shopify and Etsy are the two that don't have supply chain problems. You can buy anything you want. They're both terrific stocks for holiday. I really like Shopify. I really like Etsy. But uh, when I see a stock like Adobe down 60, I say, well, okay, let's be care- let's be a little circumspect. Adobe's a great company. Yeah. Uh, the, the, if David were here, we would definitely by now have uh, mentioned Morgan Stanley the upping AT&T, AT&T to overweight, uh, although the target goes from 32 down to 28, but they do see a lot of catalysts in the year. Very positive piece. And at the risk of uh, making David have the call in, I'm going to go with it. Really? Yeah, I'm going to go with it. Wow, that's, yeah. He's going to go be mad it. tomorrow. I thought the ATT piece was, it's Simon Flannery. And I love Simon Flannery. Understand it, people at home, there are these analysts who you want to do what they, uh, Steve Tusa. I mean, I, I, Steve Tusa, I, want, I don't want to go against Steve Tusa. Bad boss. But I don't want to go against boss, and I don't want to go against Flannery. I think Flannery's very, very good. Uh, Huberty. Uh, I'm just thinking of the analysts. Huberty, I think, yeah. is fantastic. Uh, Lisa Gill at J.P. Morgan, sorry about their their uh, conference. Yes. That's ready to go. But there, there's some analysts who are just so good. Now, there's other guys like Rod Hall, okay? 
very nice guy. But he is warming up right now to Apple. He's Goldman is warming up. Well, we did get Ramsey Mohan at B of A. B of A, long neutral Apple, did go to a buy earlier in the week. Yeah, well, these are not. And I also heard the word supercycle. I say own Apple, don't trade it. But when I heard supercycle, I was like, frack, supercycle, yeah, yeah, coal supercycle. Uh, By the way, the only downgrade today that really is unfortunate, Medtronic is really unfortunate, meaning that there's something wrong. Medtronic is executing quite poorly. And that is a company that I've I've liked. Uh, But uh, their their diabetes, their their brain execution, it's very sloppy. And and, uh, they're paying the price. Wells does go to equal weight. Uh, yeah. They cut to equal weight. Hey, um, Vesper has COVID? Uh, he, did, he did post uh, on, a, on a blog. I sat a, next to him two weeks ago. Am I okay? I think he's okay. Yeah, okay. He's all right. He's good. Do, do you think every NFL team will, be field, will field a team this weekend? That's one I think it'll drive people home. How pervasive. I mean, right now, I'm just my field is, you Democrat, you Chad. I mean, people saying stuff about me that are really. I'm like, I'm a guy who looks at the Washington team and is debating whether they will forfeit against the Eagles. <laughs> because the Schefter numbers of the... And, I mean, yes. Schefter represents, by the way, he's neither Republican or Democrat. Uh, he's the ESPN analyst. But the numbers from the NFL will make me make it indicate that there will teams who will lose this weekend because they can't field. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cleveland and, and Washington have yeah. some tough, some tough really. numbers. Guys and it's not like, list. you know, it, it doesn't... It's not killing these people. Right. Absolutely not. Right. They're, but they're not... Feeling up to snuff. Not sick enough uh, for the hospital, but not well enough to be able to clear and the that's, play. And that's where I am. I, by the way, just so people know, I'm much more positive. I'm saying that the pandemic can end because this is how it ended with the Spanish flu. I am saying, though, you got to get to the end. Right. And you don't want to be the last person to die of a pandemic, for heaven's sake. You said that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, this isn't all quiet on the Western Front. Book still holds up, by the way. Good movie, too. It does bring to mind Delta. Uh, they do see a Q4 profit of $200 million. The consensus was for a loss. And Ed Bastian has talked to this morning with Phil LeBeau about uh, the recovery, business travel. Take a listen. First quarter is the weakest part of our year. Uh, so we're already prepared to kind of be battered down on, in terms of capacity. But at the same time, what we're learning about it is it seems like it could be less severe than prior strains. We have more tools and techniques to manage right. it effectively. Sort of echo what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yep. I mean, look, I would, do I want to go to Europe? Now, the reason why I wouldn't want to go to Europe, has, I, I mean, I got the triple. It is the quarantine. I don't want to get stuck. Although being stuck in Italy ain't so bad. <laughs> but that's why, like Ryanair says, they are going to take a, a traffic hit. Yeah. I mean, if look, but go to around the United States. I don't know. My wife disagrees with me on this. She doesn't want to travel. Uh, I feel uh, triple vax fine. I worry about I worry about quarantine and changing the rules. Um, I've traveled extensively during this period. Uh, I think that the airlines are okay stocks, not great, because I'm waiting for someone to say, listen, Omicron is just too negative. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the buyback chain continues. Visa adding more. Wow. Okay. That's, Let's that's talk about that one for a second. High on V. There and then people. Novartis. Yeah, Novartis. They don't have. Novartis is embarrassed. Is that what they really do? Do they have nothing to do with my buyback? I don't want to buy back from a drug company who's you take a put the put the Novartis up the the two year chart. It's a disaster. Now Visa, on the other hand, what's happened? Oh, there you go. Now you take a look at Visa. The, the whole thing had been buy now, pay later is going to defeat Visa. But you know what? The buy now, never pay movement, there's a lot. There's a lot of people not paying. 
Now, a firm's doing better than others. They would tell you that. I've had them on. But, you know, in the meantime, Visa's price earnings multiple has shrunk. Uh, my Chapel Trust owns, uh, mas- owns MasterCard, which is being masterfully run uh, and has a huge amount of cash and can't get out of its own way. That's uh, Michael Meebach, who's a fantastic CEO. So what we had is that we love the fintechs that don't make any money, and we hate the fintechs that make money. That's shifting right here. Right. That is a consequence of, of the Fed. So you've got to get in the ones that are making money, and Al Kelly will make money for you at Visa. The reason I'm so negative on Novartis is because, well, what have they done? What has Novartis created? Look at Pfizer. I mean, look at these companies. Hey, there's been a lot of chances at bat. This look is, at Lilly. Did yeah. you see David Ricks yesterday? I was not again. I want to. I want to absolutely make this clear. I was not jealous that David Ricks went on, didn't go, went on that show. I didn't mind that I was blacklisted. It didn't occur to me that I was blacklisted. It didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> Lilly up 25 points yesterday. Yeah. And by the way, a tour de force on everything. And you know what? They lowball. I think their diabetes drug is better. And the brain work that I do, and you know, remember, I think the brain's like the kidney or the liver. So I never mind talking about the brain work I do, which is like kind of needs some brain work help. Their brain, their, their brain stuff is very good. All the Nobel Prize guys, I, mean, I deal with a lot of guys because that's how that I need, needed to get my, uh, you know, my, whoa. Um, this, I was with the woman from uh, Game of Thrones who had brain. Really? Yeah. You always hobnob, and then you keep yeah, it quiet. Yeah, it's keep it Sidney Crosby, too. Yes. I mean, then we have to do I ran the thing last year virtually, and I've got to tell you, Robin Williams' wife is the champion here, the champion. She's one of the greatest people. But the work that I do, there isn't anyone who feels that Biogen was just a, not a fraud, but ridiculous, yeah. and they feel the opposite about Eli Lilly. Right, right. And I'm willing to say that, even though I think David Ricks will never come on my show. <laughs> I do want to get you on Ford and Rivian because Rivian's tonight, but we're going to take a quick break. I'll take a look at how Treasuries are faring this morning, obviously a day after the Fed. Uh, and the B of E, uh, quite a surprise, uh, votes 8 to 1 to hike while the ECB yeah. does keep rates unchanged. Ten-year back to 142. And we will get some PMI composites after a short break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. We are now expecting our December preliminary read on Markit, M-A-R-K-I-T, PMIs. And if you recall, they were all at very strong levels around mid-year. 63.4 in the headline mid-year, now 57.8, a little light based on expectations. 58.3 was our final November read. Remember, these are preliminary December reads. 56.9 on the composite PMI. That had a high of 68.7 in May, and it follows 57.2, which was our final read in November. And finally, the services, the biggest swath of the U.S. economy. We're expecting a number around 58.8, another miss. 57.5 follows our final November read of 58.0. Suffice it to say, these are all a bit light, and especially that last one. Our mid-year read on that was 70.4. So not only have we dipped under 70 and under 60, of course, they're all over 50 for expansion, but definitely it certainly seems as though the variant has put a bit of a, a, a hurt on some of these PMIs. We'll have to definitely see if the final December reads improve at all. Now, don't touch that dial or that remote because Squawk on the Street will return after these messages. Got Rivian earnings tonight. These reports about a new uh, plant in Georgia, $5 billion plant, right. are pretty interesting. And then Ford with this new uh, product to help customers manage their EV fleets. Yes, this is a, a part of what uh, I had uh, 
Mark Pennier from Salesforce on with Jim Farley. Uh, Jim wants very much to have adopt more of a Musk model. Uh, he also wants uh, to get a higher price earnings multiple, obviously. He thinks that this can help the small business people who have the F-150. Now, the stake in Rivian, we're all wondering, when is he going to sell that stake in Rivian, which can bring about $10 billion in. I, I don't know the tax number, but uh, that's what I'm watching uh, because he has said openly he's going to compete against Rivian. Uh, now, he mires him. The thing that I'm most interested in is this new, the muskrat love, I'm calling it, that, uh, that Musk, whom again I was, was, had the good fortune to see, has been, uh, quite, has been a bit of a rivalry with Farley, but it's, it's really high-end rivalry because both of them really want to have more EVs on. Uh, they both respect each other. Uh, which is fantastic, but I think that Jim trying to change his model ever so, ever so quickly to being a Tesla model, and then exceeding it by embracing the idea that the people who buy Ford trucks are missing a lot of work because they don't know they're not organized. This is an organization thing. You can charge maybe charge your truck there. Uh, just be careful betting against Ford. There are a lot of, a lot of people who didn't understand Farley. They don't understand that he's a member. Uh, second place is uh, who loses first. Right. I, I do like very much what he's doing. Uh, I saw we're starting to get some people who say, you know what, uh, we we really admire what he's got, even though I mean, the doubters are starting to come around, even though they sure. continue to sell and continue to keep sales on. I, I like Ford very much. I don't think it's done going going up at all. And if they sell the Rivian, it's really fantastic. All right. Uh, well, hanging in above 20, uh, obviously, which was a generational marker. Very good. Very good situation. Yeah. Bill Ford bought, bought eight, $8 million worth. Uh, remember, I, I like GM, too. It's inexpensive. But Ford's got multiple catalysts. And I think that if my, my Maverick would ever arrive, I would feel probably better. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we were hanging a moment ago, at least, uh, to an all-time closing high on the S&P. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Yeah, we are closing high on the S&P. Dow's doing well, although Home Depot is a weak link there today. Let's take a look at the sectors, because even though we're at new highs, still some bifurcation uh, in terms of the markets here. So we're seeing uh, cyclical sectors, uh, energy and banks and industrials do well today. That's kind of interesting. Tech is continuing to lag, interestingly, uh, and defensive groups, which have done very well since that Powell pivot a few weeks ago, uh, healthcare, as you can see, kind of in the middle, up fractionally. So the mantra since that Powell pivot, that was the end of, of November, sell less profitable tech, buy more defensive sectors like healthcare, for example, or utilities. And if you take a look here, the major sectors since that Powell pivot happened uh, at the end of November, consumer staples and healthcare and utilities, your classic defensive groups, they've all moved up very well. Cyclical groups are kind of flat, like industrials and energy. And it's really the tech that's really been gyrating around here. The mantra, as I said, is sell less profitable tech. So look at software. The uh, software ETF is IGV. That's been gyrating all over the place. Uh, it dropped about 10 percent. Uh, this is since November 30th, uh, and then sort of rallied back. It's come back uh, down again in the last couple of days. Uh, so it's down about 10 percent, and it's regained about half of the losses uh, that it had. Uh, Kathy Wood's ARK fund, ARKK, which is her flagship fund, that dropped about 15 percent right after the PAL pivot uh, at the end of November, uh, and has come back a bit since then, but not quite, uh, as you can see here. Uh, really not a much of a big bounce uh, at all. Apple's been the big gainer. Everybody's fled into Apple, which is big, profitable big tech. Uh, that's up about 11 percent um, since the very end of November. So you can see the tech market bifurcating here. I think the big thing is to just ask everybody needs to realize 
What's the killer of bull markets? I keep repeating this. There are two things that have to happen for bull market to end. One is the Federal Reserve does rapid rate hikes over multiple Fed meetings in a very quick, uh, sort of unexpected way. And secondly, you get a weak economy. Neither of these conditions are present right now. This is why we're sitting at a new high on the S&P 500. In fact, if you look at the Fed statement yesterday, Powell went out of his way in the second paragraph to highlight the strong economy. They said with progress on vac- vaccinations and strong policy support, indicators of economic activity and employment have continued to strengthen. Job gains have been solid in recent months. The employment rate has declined substantially. That is not a weak market, that, a weak economy. That's the opposite of a weak economy. So you don't have the conditions for the bull market to just fall apart at this point. It, the question is whether it's all clear on more speculative tech uh, that's out there. So Adobe down big today. They had poor guidance. But you see here, even stuff that sold off after the Powell pivot, is not necessarily rallying here. NVIDIA, ServiceNow, Xilinx, Broadcom, you can look at all the other sectors on a fairly strong day for the market. They're to the downside. So I think the answer is it is not necessarily all clear to go back and start buying speculative tech or less, let's call it less profitable tech, for example. Uh, even big names like semiconductors are weak right now. So let's just say, Carl, we're still out on whether it's safe to go back and start buying a lot of technology. The rest of the market, though, doing very well. Back to you. All right, Bob. We'll see you soon, uh, Bob Bassani. Let's get to Jim and stock trading. Yeah, look, I was going to talk about Accenture, which is amazing, doing so, so well. But more of the zeitgeist of this market is an Airbnb downgrade by RBC. And they're basically saying, look, it's a little too expensive. Uh, it, there, there could be some pull forward. Uh, but uh, if you think the travel is going to pick up right right now, it could be a difficult situation. They're not really talking Omicron. But the main thing I want to talk about is, is that it's a very, very good company added uh Good board member yesterday, but the problem is oh, yeah. it's too expensive. Uh, Amrita the Block CFO, right? To me, the Block CFO. Uh, who's yes. the name for the board? Amrita yeah. Hoosier from yes. from Block, and which I is, love. Which meanwhile is being sued by H and R. Is that something? <laughs> I know that's crazy. But I happen to think Airbnb is great. I think Brian Chesky is terrific. But the market's turning on these terrific companies because they're not making money, and it's the it's the EV to twenty three sales is higher versus a booking, higher versus Expedia. I think be, it's a better company. But that's why people sell it. And I'm looking for the Accentures of the world, which are reporting unbelievable numbers, much better, really, really possible. And I'm recognizing that the Airbnbs are going to take some heat. So just be aware that this market is not about liking these high multiple tax, particularly the ones that are losing money. And otherwise, it, there, there'll be a lot of stuff to like. But you can't you're, you're fighting the Fed now. And that's never been as good a thing as fighting tape versus a Santa rally, which we have had almost every single year between now and the end of the year. Yeah, although, so you got cross currents. I mean, Lagarde's on the tape saying unlikely will hike next year, and that just, you can't assume that because something happens at the Fed, it happens at the ECB. Wow. That's interesting. All right? Maybe Jeez, that's- Santander? Yeah. You buy some Santander? Well, and then people say, no, Jim, they need higher rates. Uh, I, look, I happen to, I've, I've been trying to get my arms around some great European names, and it's been very, very difficult. You got Chantanou Narayan tonight. And that, yeah, that's, and we're going to really focus on Chantanou. I, I'm going to have a SPAC analysis, which is devastating, but uh, I, I caution, once again, people who sell Adobe, there have been many moments where Chantanou has offered conservative guidance. He is growing. That company is growing. It's a great company. It's, it's, it should be on everybody's radar screen to buy after a settles down, not sell. Buy. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Yeah, and uh, stay healthy. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, definitely stay safe. Stay, stay healthy. We'll see you. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 
Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.